Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. Something grand is coming to Nemecolon. Opening fall 2023, the Grand Lodge will surprise and delight with 56 stunning suites and five-star butler services. Indulge in libations at the Circle Bar and the Study before you savor the new and enchanting Fawn and Fable restaurant, where the best parts of a traditional steakhouse and a fairy tale castle create a magical dining experience. With fine dining, a spa, and over 100 adventure, golf, art, and wildlife experiences, whatever your imagination holds, Nemecolon has the key. Visit nemecolon.com for more information. There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side, and the truth. Which Kelly are you? Edward. People call me Ned. I photograph what my conscience asks me to. Len, they want to have him in the movie! We're going to fight for those Australians who haven't got the time to go around and get on Twitter and wear T-shirts. Shut up! Shut up! Your friend can't come back, Serge. Oh, he's disabled. I'm this carer. You're blind. He's an equal opportunity employer. The kids who are sick cannot do the hip hop anymore. G'day and welcome to The Curb. My name's Andrew Pierce, and this is the podcast that's all about culture, unity, reviews and banter. This podcast is proudly recorded in the lands of the Wajak people of Perth region and I pay respects to the elders both past, present and emerging. On this particular episode, I catch up with local Perth filmmakers and writers, Owen Beck and John McMullen, to talk about their script, Mr. Wick. This was a script that appeared on the blacklist and was selected for the 2019 Aussie list, which is a illustrious selection of scripts that underwent evaluations from blacklist reviewers and shortlisted and presented to Warner Brothers and Verhoos Pictures. These particular scripts were chosen as being some of the most extraordinary writing talent uh, within Australia. And two scripts from Western Australia were picked uh, for the list, for the 2019 list, which was Mr. Wick by Owen Beck and John McMullen, as well as Mazia Lahuti's Manichaean. Now, Maz previously directed the Australian film Below, which screened at WA Film Festival, and WA Made Film Festival, sorry. And Mr. Wick is an unproduced screenplay at the moment, but through the uh, energy and the vitality of these two writers, I believe they will be made in the future. And this particular discussion is about that blacklist process, as well as the writing process and the creative process. It's a long discussion, but I think it's a worthwhile one. And I recorded a little bit a while ago before all the isolation and stuff was put in place. In fact, uh, we recorded this a couple of weeks before the isolation measures were put in place. And I'd held back on releasing this mostly because I'd hoped that it was just going to be a temporary thing, this isolation stuff. But it's going to be a long-term thing, and I had hoped that essentially that maybe I'd be able to release this in a better time where it might give the uh, production companies a bit of a push. But with not much happening at this moment, I want to highlight the work that Owen and John have done and hopefully encourage people to check out the blacklist and check out the writing and things like that. I'll certainly put links in the show notes for what the blacklist is all about and also to find out more about 
how you, if you are a particular writer or somebody with a script, can actually benefit from this particular process. It's a fascinating thing and certainly a worthwhile endeavor. And both John and Owen talk about it at length in this particular discussion. So draw yourself a beer or a coffee or whatever you'd like to drink and sit on down and jump on into this discussion to hear two writers talk about their writing process. Myself. My name's Owen Beck. I write with this guy, John McMullen. Speak, John, so I hear your voice. Hi, today. My name's Johnny Mack, uh, and I write with this guy, Owen Beck. <laughs> that, that's perfect. That's a great. That's a great start. Yeah. So, how did you guys find each other? Well, it's kind of. I mean, if I can start with okay. that, it's quite bizarre for me actually because. I don't play well with others. I'm, I'm, right. I'm usually quite a control freak. <laughs> and here we are, sitting down yeah. doing an interview, so let's see how we go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I'm fine in this regard, but when it comes to, to, um, to working you know, intimately on a creative project, I tend to um, like to be in control. I'm a control yeah. freak in a lot of things uh, in my life in some senses. Um, and I've known Owen for, oh man, it must be 20 years now at least. You know, sort of on and off. Yeah. I mean, I went to the same university that I did in the mid-90s. And um, I even helped out on some of his productions uh, as he was sort of a bit more advanced to me at filmmaking at the time. And so over um, that period of time, we came in and out of each other's lives and I moved to Cambodia and I went to see him there and um, connected with him a fair bit more around that time and just before. And when he moved back from Cambodia... Um, you know, he was he was making stuff, and you know, the stuff it, it, it was it was inspiring mm. me. And I was starting to feel like I was I came to a point in time in my life that I wanted to write a feature. Like I've done a lot of writing of things um, in my life, but mostly short stuff and documentaries. And so, um, I wanted to talk to me about different ideas that he had for films and stuff. And I just thought, let's give this, let's sit down and give it a go. Let's sit down and see if we can write something. So I think mm. I approached you and first yeah. and just said, let's, let's do something together. I, I saw a window coming up, a mm. creative window, and went, let's work on something. Yeah, which is great for me because uh, uh, I had a bunch of ideas and I was just feeling, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I was kind of, kind of exhausted. We'd been through some pretty major life stuff at yeah. the time. So, so we had, um, well, I mean, without going into huge detail, we had, we had to flee Cambodia Right, and so we were breastfeeding our second and pregnant with our third, and, and we'd lost everything. So we were in this really kind of traumatic space. But I, I go a bit nuts if I'm not do, doing something cre- creative. So when John said, "Let's write a feature," I was just like, "Yes, it was great." You got to have that creative energy output, yeah. don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was awesome, um, and we just worked really, really well together. There's, there's. Right from the get-go, there was a real sense of, you know, this is going to work. Mm. Um, I think our, our, you know, complementary talents and approaches to things yeah. are really, really good. Also, just a lack of ego, I think, you know, the, one of the things that really helps that I notice with our writing relationship is, is this ease of being able to critique and um, question and, and people don't hang on to things necessarily 
and if someone does hang on to something, generally it's you know with a, a polite insistence, and um, you know there's, there doesn't seem to be egos that get involved in things. I don't think. So, how do you write then? How what's your writing process? Well. We'll, 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 we'll be we'll be going for a coffee after this, and and, and beginning our next brainstorm. It's exactly good, right? Yeah, uh, that's yeah. yeah. We're about to, to embark upon our next feature script, and um, and we'll start brainstorming. We've got some ideas there that yeah. we're excited about, and we'll we'll nut out a, a, a framework, and we'll start writing. Won't we? I think last time we did that for a while. Yeah, we were both working full time, so it took took a bit of time for Mister Week to. To really happen. Mm. So, um, sorry, I interrupt. Sorry, what was the? When was the starting point? When was the finish point for that? Then, how long did it take you to do? Well, a couple of years at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have even been up to three. Yeah, um, there was there were stops and starts because of you know, other other pressures, work pressures, yeah. PhD pressures. I had PhD going on and other stuff. Um, and so, and you know, they, they say a script's never finished, but we pretty much. We aimed for the blacklist competition in 2018, and we missed it. Mm. Getting a finishing a first draft or a good first draft by two weeks or so, missed it. So we didn't actually manage to enter there. And so we thought, okay, well, let's just settle down and hone this this thing and get it right. And as it was, by the time we'd actually found time to really get into that and and perfecting it and and doing redrafts, we were and. We got it to a stage where it was the time to enter the next round um, for the blacklist. And going through that blacklist competition process really helped us just refine it, just the feedback from those professional scriptwriters. Yeah, I want to touch on the blacklist in a bit, but... Yeah, so when you write, do you is it a sit down together collaborative thing, or do you write something and then send it off to John or yeah, well that, I mean, vice versa? What, what we we did a lot of our brainstorming together, uh, make and notes and made a lot of framework and yeah, and then then I'd write what we called a chapter, and I'd send it to John, mm-hmm. and and he'd redraft while I was writing the next chapter, and so it was really efficient once we once we got going, um, and then we'd meet. So it'd go through a, a kind of a, a my draft, his draft, mate, yeah. and talk about it, um, mm. and it was just awesome because there'd, there'd be things which he'd see in my writing that needed tweaking or that might could have been better. I'd do the same for him, and and there were often times that when we get stuck, but we've reached a point now where we just go, oh, "This is what we do best." Yeah, <laughs> you know, we love it when we get stuck because we come out with something that we think is amazing. Uh, afterwards, you know, we just go, wow, that's awesome, you know, yeah. what a great thing. Yeah. Um, so that's a really rewarding process. But it's also about getting that, I mean, we do sit down, I mean, even today, we'll, we'll sit down and we'll get a framework for the whole film, a base, the basis of it, and once we get that framework down and get on the same page with it, you know, it's easy for, for someone to go off and write at the chapter, and then we yeah. do it chapter by chapter, you know, so scene by scene or, you know, so we get piece by piece of the film and someone writes that but one of the things that we have to do every now and again because we'll get somewhere in the, where a problem will be uncovered in that chap, chap in that sorry the chapter not you know the scene where one person goes oh well, you know I've read this but you know we haven't thought about this properly we haven't thought this person's backstory through in this aspect properly we haven't thought about how this is going to unfold properly and then we go back to the 
mm-hmm. overarching phase again and nut it out. Mm-hmm. And it's just this constant process of detail and then getting revi- revising the whole plan and getting the detail and revising the whole plan. So it's pretty much an iterative process, uh, as it is, I'm sure, with a lot of script writers. Mm. But there's definitely a lot of um, critique. There's definitely a lot of like, is this person really, does this person actually have enough at stake here for for people to be interested in this? Mm. You know, Is is this person being genuine to who we think they are? Is this other person really gonna act like that? Are they really going to say that that sort of thing, or are they really going to be in this position? And yeah. so there's a, there's a lot of that, and I think you know once it's it, to me it's quite bizarre how often that defining the character process really just makes the story almost unfold. Yeah. When things aren't unfolding properly, you go, oh well, let's get back to the character and what their goals are and what their weaknesses are and stuff like that, and then we find ourselves going, they wouldn't do that, they'd do this. Yeah. yeah, of course they would. And then it just seems to unfold. It's quite bizarre. It almost seems like right itself, but it, you know, it doesn't. But it So there's, there seems to be an almost logical process. Yeah. And as you're saying, you strip it back. When you get a little bit lost, you go yeah. back to who the character is, where the character's coming from. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is a... It's got to be quite interesting to see that unfurl. I mean, I've written a few things, and I know that before doing that I used to kind of cringe when writers used to say oh the, the characters are kind of writing themselves and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, right. no 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 like when you sit down most of the time it's like coming back to yeah. the character and they'll tell you how they should be acting they drive the plot for sure yeah, yeah yeah so in that regard did you have a plot set out of where you wanted it to go and did it diverge at all through the, the writing process yeah yeah, we definitely. Had, we, yeah, I mean, well, it evolved a lot from the very first uh, meet we had, which is similar to what we're doing today. Which was a completely, a completely different, different story. Film, you know? <laughs> it just evolved as it as it went, and you get to points where you say, "Oh, look, you know, maybe this idea is not the best initial idea. Let's introduce this into it." Mm. Um, and I think this is one of the beauties of writing with it in a team. You know, like um, I can't imagine doing this by myself because I would never be able to step outside myself as much to be able to see what's going wrong and then revise it completely objectively. And yeah. That's the beauty of writing with somebody where there's no ego between you and that the other person reads it and goes, look, you know, this stuff's great, but um, the, the, this, this bit isn't well. working. And then you get yeah. to a, maybe to a point where you've written a bit and you're going, well, um, written into the deep, getting deeper into the script, you're going, look, this whole idea... It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's going the right way. Maybe we need to change this. And by the time you got to the end of the script and the, or the, you know, the end of the story, you've really changed most of it, mm. you know, if not the whole premise. I think, I think as well that, that, you know, if we look at the, the, the original idea and where we kind of arrived in the end, there's a whole lot more of yourself that ends up Yes. Being well, in there. A lot of those changes are driven by mm. your own life experience and the things that you've seen out there. You yeah. know, uh, uh, I mean, one of the things for me is that, um, you know, I don't think I don't think I could have done this when I when I was thirty. Yeah. yeah true. I probably couldn't. Well, have there's done a lot of life experience in it. Yes. You know, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, understanding of the culture. Yeah. yeah. And respect as well. Yeah. I find that really interesting. Um, what I also found really interesting is how you've written in the way that 
essentially Thailand has become a very Australianized area. And there's small little hints here and there, and I found that really fascinating. Was there... What was the kind of drive to show that part of the world? What was your interest in, in Thailand? Well, the, 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 the original idea was, in fact, uh, uh, I had met a, an old guy who was a, a karaoke singer, mm. and, and an obsessive karaoke singer who spent a chunk of time in Thailand. And his story was very interesting to me. So that's just kind of where it started. Um, and, of course, I'd, I lived in Cambodia for years, yeah. and we used to drive to Bangkok a few times a year uh, to pick up supplies and things like that. Um, so I'd seen a lot of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, just all kind of made sense. Yeah. That Float was on from there. Happen. Yeah. yeah. I think that link um, between us in terms of Southeast Asia, like I've been to most of the countries in Southeast Asia and Thailand many times, and love Southeast Asian culture and love mm. Southeast Asian um, the, the environment and the food and just, you know, I just love going there. It just re- energises me. And I've, one of my best mates that has lived in, in Bangkok for the last, I don't know what it is, must be 15 years now almost. And, um, and so I know that place really well. And one of the things I do know quite a lot about um, those sort of Southeast Asian cultures is there's particularly places like Bangkok is there's this yes there's this Australian um, you know cohort there and expats who are sort of enmeshed in it now and part of it has become quite Australian but there's always this real you know this real clinging to um, ancient culture and you know religious culture and um, stuff like that in those sorts of and there's respect and there's lack of judgment and there's all these other Things that we don't get here in other cultures, yeah. really. Yeah. In, in some ways, it's like a new birth of a new culture. Like the, the, yeah. the blending of the old and the new. And, and I find that really fascinating. The way that it comes through in the script is really fascinating. Um, I want to bring it back to your, your joint writing style as well. How do you both get on the same tone and vibe of the writing? Because... Reading this, it's hard to tell that it's from two different people, yeah. and I don't know if that's a compliment or a criticism or not. But yeah. it it's it feels like a, a joint kind of thing. Yes. Um, but it feels like one authorial voice. How do you get to that level? I don't know. I, th- I mean, I, th- I think I think both our voices are very much in there. So oh, they are. We, we've, yeah. we've spoken at times and and about how close. Yeah. So for me, how close I am to to some of the events in the story, and John will say, "Yeah, and me too," and and we'll we'll kind of go, "Wow," and and we'll often draw on life experience, and I, I think, um, you know, Mister Wicks really resonated with people, and and I think perhaps that's where the answer lies in in some ways is that it's a story that's out of here but it's also out of there yeah and it really connects with with an audience we, we wrote a short version that we kind of peddled around for a little while just just those first opening scenes mm. and people would write back and go you know what i am this big bennett you know this is a story about me yeah um other people have said the same about the the full script um so that, uh, maybe that's what it is i don't know i think part of it is that yeah? I mean, that's definitely um, part of it. I think there's another part of it that is because, in some ways, we're actually quite similar. Mm-hmm. You know, we have found realized that we've had quite similar backgrounds, and you know, films are 
are about emotion. This 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 film is a very character based film, and it's and we and we're both emotional men, I think. Mm. You know, and um, so when it comes to putting that emotion on the page, we 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 both embrace it, and it's yeah. sort of it, and it. And so we, it comes out, you know, writing stuff and reading his stuff, and my my stuff probably evolves a bit to that, and his stuff probably evolves a bit to mine. And so there's just a, there's just a connection and an overlap and a you know meshing of styles that sort of probably. I mean, I I think you're right. I think there's a bit when I read through it, I know Owen did this this bit's Owen, and I know this bit's me, and blah 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 blah. But then there's also so much of both of us yeah. threaded through it that, that has a, a synchronicity and a thread yeah. of, of similarity. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't tell you, like, yeah. this scene was written by you and this scene yeah. was... Like, the, it feels like one a cohesive thing. And that's yeah. what I find interesting about screenplays that are co-written yeah. and have multiple writers is creating that one unique voice is a fascinating thing. And it's a it's a process that I imagine that everybody kind of um, finds by themselves. Yeah. Uh, depending on who you're working with, if they find that kind of authorial voice. And yeah. Yeah. I find it really interesting. I do actually think... Sorry. Just, no, no, no. Just go for it. There. Yeah. I, I, I do think that there's... I mean... I don't want to come across saying that Owen and I are quite similar in everything because I think one of the things that's really also powerful in the way we work, for me anyways, is that we're also quite different in some ways. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, you know, Owen's always the one to to come up with the crazy ideas, that, you know, not crazy in, a, in an undoable sense, but in a, in a sense where... I, I, part of me goes, oh, no, we can't do that. <laughs> we can't put that in there. And then over time, we talk it through and we actually get it to a point where I go, oh, yeah, that's actually great. Yeah. It, it does work. And he's, he's still going, well, you know, that's, you know, that's what, I, what I, the thing that I wanted it to come across as. But, you know, we sort of get this push and pull where I'm a little bit more conservative and, mm. and Owen's a bit more, yeah, let's put this thing in there. And I'm like, oh, careful. Yeah. You know, you're going to alienate people or you're going to upset uh, producers or whatever. And you know, also, also sometimes when it, yeah, I think for me it's just great to have someone who I do trust to being that side of it and for me to be able to go, oh, I don't know about that. And then we just sort of meet in the middle somewhere and it works Yeah, well. we do. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, so so we'll, we'll often talk. I've got an hour's drive home from work, so so we might talk on the phone on the way home and someone will be going oh, I don't know about this yeah and you know that will usually yeah I'll usually laugh um, <laughs> and, and we'll and, and we'll it'll go backwards and forwards and, and we'll discuss it and we'll end up with you know it's still there but it's it's uh, it's working yeah and I'm often the, the interrogator yeah where I'll go which is great this, this, this person's not doing what they're supposed to be doing here I don't, this isn't working and you're like yeah I think it is and I'll go no, but look at this, blah, 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 blah. And you'll go, oh, okay, let's work it. Mm. And then, you know... And, and, then then, and that's the, yeah, and that's the point where we go, okay, let's do this, this is what we do well. Yes. And so we've come to recognise that, uh, is that when mm. we're faced with a real challenge, we just go, oh, no, this is, these are the good bits because we're going to come up with some gold. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. those are... Those are it's it's really nice to have that confidence. It's rewarding. So I want to touch on like the industry as a whole, I guess, in WA, and the challenges facing screenwriters and and people um, wanting to make movies and stuff like that. What's the difficulties having a full time job 
and wanting to write a script and be creatively expressive? What challenges facing both of you in that journey? It would be nice to be able to work harder on it or, you know, be paid to uh, to work on, on the scripts. I guess that's what we're working towards, isn't it? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's time. It's time mostly. Yeah, it's just time. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, this is my first feature script. Mm. Um, so I don't know a lot about, I'm learning a lot, I've learned a lot in the last three months about mm. the industry and, and how it works, etc. And so from a writer's perspective, and I don't know, I think we've been really lucky in some ways to have have achieved the the blacklist um, top ten in in well in my first feature yeah, script and on second feature scripts. script I mean that was that was you know we put a lot of effort into it um, but in some senses it's like if we hadn't have made yeah. that we could be writing scripts for years and entering competitions and pushing them at producers yeah. but it's kind of given us the confidence to go hey you know look um, we did it once we can probably do it again yeah and yeah. And there is an objectivity about the way it was judged where we, you know, I'm quite a pe- the pessimist in some senses about my own potential as well. And so I'm always like, oh, you know, the script's not going to go anywhere. And I was, I was once again the optimist going, let's put in this competition, let's put in this competition, come on, let's send to this person. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, is it good enough? And, you know, but, but having the blacklist success just actually, I don't know, made me sort of realise... Well, it must be good. I mean, there was three reviewers that that, um, that went through it, and they know what they're doing. And and, mm. um, yeah, and so. some of them were, were, were raving, you know. So that, yeah. that was that was really nice that they and they identified the things that that we felt were strengths. Yeah. In, in the script, so that that was really really good, and their feedback was was right on the money. So we mm. we were able to just yes, you know we would read it and go well let's let's look at this. And it was kind of like, oh, well, that's a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah. You know, how do we not see that? Yeah. And then we would go back and tweak. But sometimes, it. So sometimes process. you're so close to it, exactly, that it makes yes. it hard to see. Well, that's right. It's a, it's a little, yeah. So approaching the next one, I think having had that feedback, yeah, and and having had that, um, you know, knowing now where people have identified our strengths, um, we can now look at the next script and go, okay, well, we know we can do that, that, and that mm. really well. Yeah. So let's apply it to this next. Yeah. Uh, so what is the blacklist then? I know what it is, but for listeners, I want to hear from your voices what it well, is. it's an um, on- online service that uh, people evaluate your scripts for you. Well, it's, a, well, it's actually uh, a, more of a community. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a global community of, um, of professional scriptwriters and, and emerging scriptwriters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's a place where people who are, are experienced and have achieved um, in the industry are interested in supporting and giving back to people who are emerging still. And it's also a place that, uh, that um, I mean, this hasn't happened to us yet, I don't think, but it's a place where producers will come in and um, look for good scripts, etc. because they're all graded by, by these, um, by the reviewers. And so, you know, producers can see what grade your scripts have got over, over time, etc. and and probably decide or decide whether they want to read them and whether that's something they want to option or have a chat to you about at least. And they, they promote it as a place where scriptwriters meet filmmakers, don't they? And, yeah. and, and what's kind of nice, what I really like about it is that uh, an industry person can read a bunch of scripts and 
uh, write up an evaluation mm-hmm. and blacklist algorithms start to put readers together with the kinds of scripts that they think they'll like, which is kind of nice because it means you don't have to read so many scripts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. It's a um, so, so it's a real... It's a well, somebody's already put a seal of approval right. on yes. this and said... Exactly right. And like from my perspective, I've, I've read a fair few of the blacklist scripts and I've enjoyed them because of the fact that at the end of it, you sit there and you think, well, why the hell has somebody not turned this into a movie yet? Like, that's yeah, that's right. what I've always felt about it. And um, it's great to see, you know, you guys being on the blacklist. Um, and especially for you as well, as you're saying, it's first feature. Yeah. It's it's a got to be a great kind of like, hey, you're on the right track. Yeah, Continue, yes, you're that, doing that, this That's kind exactly of thing. what it is for me. It's just, hey, you're on the right track. You know, I, don't, I definitely not not the sort of person to to think of everything's covered now it's kind of like yeah okay we i think we are we've got something here we just keep working it and it's really interesting what you're talking about in terms of you know why hasn't this film been made yet because i mean we've got a slate of six or seven um features that we haven't written yet that are in sort of you know um structure form and and stuff like that with log lines etc and so we're floating them to producers to see if they're interested and it's quite bizarre how one producer will say, oh, I like these two, and another producer will say, oh, I like these two. And someone else will say, oh, I like this one. And it's, it's pretty like, much an even spread across all of them. Completely different. Like, yeah. You know, it's so I, I get the get the feeling that the whole um, sort of producer thing is very much like where one producer is in their career and what connections they have and what, what they know about what audiences, etc. Mm. Uh, so at the moment, what we're trying to do is actually find our next... Um, idea that that speaks to a producer that we like the idea and the producer likes the idea and we're going to um, run with that idea with them with support from them you know yeah. it's kind of yeah. like writing for a producer but you know they're not going to pay us up front we're just going to have to write it and but they're going yeah okay if you finish that and you keep giving me drafts I'll you know try and work it into my slate and see whether we can get some funding for it in the future or yeah. something like that. I mean, that's kind of the way we're, we're going yeah. at the moment. So where's Mr. Wick at then? Obviously, it's scripted. It's sitting yeah. there waiting for something to happen. Is there, is there interest? Is there what, What's your future for this, for this well, script? There, there, there's interest. So it's... Uh, uh, it's been with a number of people. Uh, some of them said it's not really our thing, which is great because you don't want to work with somebody if it's not their thing. Um, but they have all said it's, it, well, it's well written. They always yeah. start with it's really well written, but yes, it's not out, which is which softens the blow a little bit. It softens <laughs> when the blow. you get rejected, <laughs> Just a little bit. But it's um. Uh, uh, so what did uh, those guys say? That it's outside of their comfort zone. Yeah. I'm not sure what that means. That's an interesting yeah. way of putting it, sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, but it's, um, you know, outside of a, a comfort zone is not a bad thing, right? I mean, you know, if you're doing something that's a bit creative, you don't want it to be sitting inside of everyone's comfort zone. Yeah, <laughs> but they're talking market. You know, so, they're yeah. thinking markets and money. That's the way they've, they've got to think. Does that come yeah. into your mind when you're writing at all? Markets and money? It, 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 it does the with fir- the next one. It didn't the first time. <laughs> like the first one's in some ways you know, really quite... Um, 
It's personal, I think. Personal for us. That's why. And draws on, as we said before, draws on both of our experiences through life and um, philosophies in some sense. But, you know, we recognise now that... Now we've done that process and, as you said, we're kind of on the right track of Mm. writing, etc. We're going to write our next one so that it is something that producers will... Def- definitely not bork out. I mean, some will, as it, of course, you know, but um, sometimes something that's more likely to sort of go, yeah, that's actually something that we do want to um, uh, support and follow and get involved in the development stages and stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing that we're excited about, but that we think that it's a, as broad audience appeal could be made anywhere, just about, or could be made yeah. in a lot of places anyway. Yeah. That's the other thing, like Mr. Wick's a really quite Australian, Australian film mm. and we have thought about um, it, transpo- how it could be transposed to maybe the US and Mexico instead of Australia and Thailand and stuff like that. But we've written it as a really Australian film so it would need a, would need a solid rewrite if, we're, if it was going to be moved. But uh, in, uh, the next one we do want to make it a little bit more ambiguous as to where it could be placed. I was going to ask that, like what does it mean for you guys to write Australian stories does it matter is it it means they probably won't get made or they probably won't make money <laughs> which is that's a sad truth yeah, unfortunately yeah, yeah yeah that's why yeah. I laugh nervously yeah well <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've, I've asked people that question before and, and similar response yeah. and that's that's sad it is. it is it is because there is something inherently Australian about this story and yeah you could rework it to be about Mexico or you know, Ibiza or something like yeah. that, but it's not going to be. It's not going to. It's going to be the same. Well, it? It's not going to be you. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. It's yeah. not going to be what you've brought to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you've had that connection to this story. Yeah. 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 What about you? What, what does it mean to write Australian stories? And I mean, you've told, you've made films before that have explored culture, um, quite in depth. Not Australian culture, but yeah. you know. So what does it mean for you to explore different cultures? Well, well, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it that much. I mean, I I enjoy cultural engagement uh, uh, and immersion. So I think it's, um, you know, just finding little subtleties that are authentic is nice. You know, that's a a really rewarding process. I think that's what happened with with the Cambodian film was, uh, you know, we had, uh, yeah, they're not a very sophisticated audience, but we had uh, one woman sitting there and, and she, she thought that I'd just been sitting around with a camera, you know, filming real life, you know, and, and so many people said that they were real, this is, this is like real life for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was, that's immensely rewarding. In terms of culture, obviously that's not Australian, but I think wherever you, if, you know, we've talked about um, if we were to take Mr. Wick and switch its location uh, we would have to make it authentic in that kind of way uh, one of our ideas we had thought about setting in, in the States and it, straight away it was like well we would have to go there and sit there and be a part of that Experience community it. for a while mm. yeah. Um, yeah. And, and write in amongst it well certainly there's a vernacular and the, you know, yeah. the way of life and stuff like that that is completely unique to that area and that's you can't just watch friends and get you know oh that's america (laughs) 
you know, you need to you need to immerse yourself in it. Yeah. And that that's the impression I got from Mr. Wick is that you have immersed yourself in a completely different world. You've immersed yourself in a di- different culture. Yeah. Um, and it makes for a fascinating read. I, I, it leaps off the page in a really interesting way. Um, in that regard as well, I, I'm curious because I know that for some writers, they use visual tools to help immerse themselves in that particular world. Did you do any of that in the sense of like having photographs or anything like that to say this is the street that we're going to be talking about or this is the bar that we're going to be talking about? Well, I did. Yeah. Um, and I think there were times, remember we were, remember we were looking, thinking about putting a scene in about the markets and we just like scoured and, you know, you remembered all the markets. Yeah, you've been, so, you've been so there more recently than I. Stuff, but. We went through and um, I got lots of pictures of, of them all up and yeah. know, thought about how that particular one might integrate. And so there's a, there's a realism which, which is um, about Mr. Weekend that, it's, that everything in there is a places that... That exists. All, all real stuff. So, and, and my, my first trip to Cambodia, I can remember walking through markets, and you know, there's these platforms in the butcher section where, you know, a woman sitting there cross-legged with a lump of animal in front mm. of her and a hatchet. Yeah. You know, and so so those things for me were, were beautiful moments, and and they stayed with me. So right, I didn't need to go looking for things, but there were just these profound moments would just mm. go, oh, yeah, well, th- yeah, that's. That was profound. You know, it was mm. impacting. I remember that. Yeah. Um, and, and so to be able to bring those things to an audience, I think is a, a really nice thing. Yeah. Um, I'm both dealing with those guys out there and trying to think of where to, to head to next. But um, And if there's anything specific you want to talk about, just sure. feel free to shout out. I'm curious what kind of director you would look for. Would you guys direct is that well the plan was for Owen to direct yeah. Mr Week really I mean that's that's where we where we started it um, you know I mean and there's pieces in there I mean we, we're, we're both visual people we've been filmmaking for 20 years mm. at, at least um, and so we tend to write visually or write sort of in the way that we'd want to see it translated um, but there's, def- there's scenes in there that are, that are pure Owen yeah you know, um, and once again, they're integrated, but they're just bits in there where, you know, Owen will, will at some point just say, "Look, I think you know, or he write something, and or he'd say, look, look, we did something in, in here. How about this?" And I, I do consciously remember recognizing that. Um, I'm I, thinking at the time, this this is Owen coming out, and we hope that Owen's going to be able to direct this film, mm. and so you know. It's it's perfect. This is a beautiful thing where the director's going in there and going, okay, well this is this is part of me. I don't have to interpret it. I can actually put it on the page. And so, you know, it, it was it was always the plan for Owen to do it. And I, and I still think there's there's a possibility in there somewhere. Um, we've sort of come to the agreement that at this point, if we can get it made, then that will help us as scriptwriters. Yeah. And then perhaps even the next one, if we shoot. It might give us, you know, some people are going, oh, well, you did write the last one that made money, and so, or, or didn't lose a huge amount of money. And so, um, you know, we'll let you direct this one that, that, that uh, you've written. So Yeah, it'd be nice if we can get some sort of attachment, yeah. you know, if, if somebody picks it up. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, you know, I've always flown fairly solo, so it would be really good for me to work with somebody. 
or under somebody uh, for a first time round uh, uh, if we're working with a bigger team. Yeah, yeah. How's it been finding uh, the place in the WA filmmaking scene as well? Um, is it uh, is like from my perspective, it seems to be a, a big happy family in a lot of ways with people helping out and chipping in. And certainly, when I met you, it was at the um, Directors Guild. Uh, thing and that was really interesting and seeing a lot of people socialising and chatting and stuff like that but from your perspective um, yeah how has it been immersing yourself into that world I think um, from my perspective I feel like I sit around the fringes a lot um, but I kind of always have and and also that that time away I mean the the last um well, it wasn't even called was as in those days, but it was 19 years between West Australian Screen Awards for me. But it was 19 years between bothering to submit anything. Um, so it, it just, uh, you know, yeah, it's that. Yeah, the other thing was for me, I, I kind of said when I finished uni, I don't care if I don't make my first feature till I'm 50. Um, I had a young family and stuff wasn't really practical in lots mm. of ways. Um, so, yeah, I kind of isolated myself in some ways. Um, but I finished editing my first feature film the week I turned 50. The, uh, you know, and uh, so it's, it's kind of a matter of now, this, this is a part of our entry, to, to me this is part of our entry into the yeah. industry. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know a lot of people. Um, John probably knows a lot more than me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I, I'm the same in many senses. I see myself on the fringes. Um, you know... At, at uni, we bring in what I try to bring in as many people from the industry as possible to sort of, you know, pass on their knowledge and skills mm. uh, to students, etc., and, and meet them through that way and have some connections with some lovely people in the industry. Um, but that's that that whole world to me is still something that that I. You know, I cherish at the moment we're working with um, with a uh, producer called Chris Ferris in, in Perth. Um, I'm trying to get Mr. Wick up, and you know, it's it's just fantastic to have him there as that buffer because I can't, I don't do that stuff. You know, I'm not a not a great networker, and um, I'm not a great schmoozer, and I'm not a great. It's bloody hard, isn't it? <laughs> I, don't, I, just don't, I think some people are great at like you know, Chris is just a um, natural at it he always has been you know and so he's he that's what makes him a good producer and yet I sort of watch him work and go I don't think I'm not going to ever be like that so I'm I'm happy at, the, at this point in time where we're trying to we're, make stuff now that we want to take to an, another place mm. made lots of things in the past I'm kind of quite lucky I've been working at a university I've been able to make um, pretty much what I want albeit quite low budget stuff because it's hard to get funds through there but um, and a variety of things I've, I've, I've found myself often you know working in one particular style or mode of filmmaking and then move on to something else and and um, and move into something else and and keep evolving like that which is probably a, 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 not a lot luckier than a lot of industry people get when they're emerging well, at least you've got a, a stable position to, yeah, to right. you know, lean back on in a way. Yeah, um, right. How has that teaching and guiding and 
learning because I imagine that you're probably both teaching as well as learning from the students that you work with. So how has that worked for you? Well, I think it's actually been, it's interesting you mentioned that because I was thinking earlier that it's been quite a big part of, a big influence on my process. Um, I mean, I've been learning about script writing and, um, but also in, in writing shorter things, but also reading hundreds if not thousands of, of emerging writer scripts um, and I really do think that that process of having to go through someone else's script and try and figure out what they're doing wrong and using the templates um, you know starting from a template that quite a lot of them are out there about structure etc and, um, and just, just trying to give some student feedback on how they can improve their script like Going, doing that over and over and over is actually a really great way of learning what's working what's not because mm. it's almost like you're writing something with them but they're doing all the hard work and when it comes back to you um, in a redraft you go oh man this is, this is better and that's better and this is better but that's kind of still not working etc and this is kind of the way I work with Owen in some senses in that um, you know I, I go into everything with like this is surely this needs polishing. You know, surely there's something in here that I can give feedback mm. on, even if it's now it's to myself and Owen on how to improve things. And so it's made me really rigorous with structure. It's really made me rigorous with uh, analysing characters and their consistency and their arcs and that sort of stuff. And I, you know, I'm by no means um, expert at it at the moment, but I think I've sort of got got to a place where I'm pretty good now reading a script and going it's not working because of this yeah. or it's not working because of this you know and sort of things and I've I mean I, and I've learnt a lot of this stuff from people that I know who uh, are much better at it than me and people like Rebecca Chalella um, who's a local Perth uh, filmmaker director writer and uh, and and even Meg Shields mm. a, a friend of mine who's been writing for years and years and I've just been talking to them about stuff and just absorbing things they say and then going away and reading about stuff and um practicing the writing and you know and you you know you just develop this interrogative process because there i see they're always doing it. they're always interrogating if i send them my work they interrogate it they go this person hasn't you know they've got no goal yeah and you're like what what we haven't got a goal and then you go to some more reading and you go oh oh yeah i just completely understand what they're saying and so i've been doing that for the last 20 years and it's you know, now I do it with my own work and I was working, so I'm just going, but this person doesn't feel there's something <laughs> wrong in there. And we just nut it out and then go, bingo, this is what it is. And then and we fix it up. Bingo's great. Yeah. So I want to touch on, as you're saying, making a feature film by 50 and all this kind of stuff and what it means to be older creative minds and things like that. Because a lot of the time people think, you know, I've got to break into the industry by 25 and if I don't, then I'm stuffed. Um, So, yeah, what does it mean to be older writers? That sounds like a terrible question. I'm really (laughs) sorry, but it's like there's no easy way of framing it. We're we're almost dead, Andrew. (laughs) I just think it makes it a whole lot more meaningful. When I was just making stuff up, you know, there's, there's real life... I mean, you are just making stuff up, but there's just so much substance to it, I think. You know, you find yourself... Uh, uh, I don't know, I've probably always been a bit of a person that wanted to 
solve the world's problems and you know contribute. Coronavirus is out there. So, if you can solve that, would be yeah. great. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so I just and that was part of my thing back when I was thirty. Was yeah. um, you know, I don't have the life experience to make really poignant, meaningful stuff that people are going to be able to connect with and are going to walk away and, and, and it's going to help make life better for them. Yep. I think those things are, are really important. I yeah. think they're bit important for both of us. Totally. Um, and so we find ourselves talking about those things while we're writing. It's like, wow, wouldn't, you know, wouldn't this moment, if somebody, if somebody connects with that and, it, and it, it really impacts them, you know, that's a beautiful thing. Whereas I don't know if I would have been thinking like that 30 years ago. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. Yeah. Sorry, I was you just going to say, what is, you know, we talked about before, what does Lacan say? Travel the world and experience the slums and, you know, well, the well, bordellos and, you know, yeah, live like a pauper. Every, everything, as well as, as, well as the, the, the halls of the rich and famous and everything. Yeah. You know, experience everything. And it's and, experiential, and it, but also yes. deeply philosophical, the way that it affects you and the way you, it affects the way you start to approach things. Yes, and, and his, so his whole thing, I, this is something that, that I came across when I did my honours. For my honours, I went to Arche in, in North mm. Sumatra. And, uh, I found myself at that time looking at Lacan and going, well, he's saying, if I do all of these things, I'll be in a better place to, to heal the sick than if I've read you know, books like this. Of course, the irony was that, that he was... Um, uh, uh, Jung, this was. So uh, the irony, of course, was that he, um, uh, he was compulsory reading in the universities. But to me, I, I looked at that and I went, well, you know, that, I want to be able to do that. You know, mm-hmm. heal the sick is perhaps not how I would have phrased it, but to, be, to bring something wholesome and, uh, uh, yeah, useful... Uh, to the table through through film. I think if we, I think as a scriptwriter, I don't think I think age can be an advantage in some ways, age and experience, if you can put it like that. But I mean, if you want to be a cinematographer, then you know you probably got to be out, get out there young, and you got to pay a lot of dues, um, you know, pulling focus and setting up tripods and stuff like that for um, to to get into that sort of field. I think, but I think. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I personally would be, be quite happy to write scripts for the next, for the rest of my life if we get good at it because I'm enjoy, I'm really enjoying it right mm. now. And if we get to the point where people will be make we can make them, I wouldn't be too upset if I wasn't um, in the production side of things. It'd be great as well to be involved in that um, and help create the thing that you wrote on the page as well. But you know, there's a, there's also a hell of a lot of 12 hour days and a hell of a lot of lugging heavy things <laughs> it's like and I, you know every time I do that now I'm going oh, man this was easier 20 years ago. <laughs> so yeah. yeah so yeah yeah I mean filmmaking is such a physical thing yeah you know you spend uh, short fast and quick you know you spend a week making a, a short film or two weeks yeah. making a feature film and stuff like that and it's as you're saying 12 hour days is yeah. It's exhausting. I think the other thing, other thing is, is that we're writing feature films, and the feature film very much comes from an older age. And you know, if 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 we were trying to get into the video block market right now, we'd have wouldn't have a hope. You know, like my recent some of my research is in video blogs and YouTube culture and that sort of stuff. And I know a hell of a lot about them, and I know how they work and the mechanics of them, and I know. Um, the, 
culture of, of those creators um, to a large degree. But I don't think I could be one of those creators. You know, I can't. I couldn't be a Casey Neistat. I just I'm in the wrong generation. But you know, this, the feature film is definitely from a generation that I understand the long form storytelling mm. um, on screen at ninety minutes. Um, that I understand, and, and it's not necessarily means that you know I'm not I'm not someone who thinks that films that were shot in the seventies were are the best films ever, and will never make films that good again as, as some do seventies uh, and eighties and. But, you know, I, I, I do think that there's still something about feature films that we can tap into and that, you know, the markets that watch feature films are generally 40-plus-year-old people, mm. men and women, dominate in Australia particularly, um, mostly women. But, you know, so that uh, gives us in some ways an advantage in that we're 40-plus-year-old men to, <laughs> to be able to write stuff for audiences that are quite prolific out there and watching, you know, baby boomers... Watch like watching feature films. They do, yeah, yeah, very much so. And it's interesting you mentioned about the, the whole YouTube generation. I was reading about this new um, service in the US called Quibi, which oh, is yeah. all about it's quick bites is what it breaks down to. And they've just uh, released a they're going to have like something like five hundred shows on there to start off with. And the whole idea is that these shows are ten minute episodes or ten minutes or less. Yeah. And it's like that's a whole language that yeah that's a short film in a way yeah. but it's a whole language that for many writers we haven't grown up with mm-hmm. whereas for features you know how to write a feature because there is countless books and you know countless things to lean on to We've say watched millions of them exactly <laughs> yeah yeah literally. you've got catalogs to lean on and yeah, to yeah. understand and so it's interesting to see what will come in the future yeah I mean, you can see you, see, you can see the media um, space filling out with all alternatives, can't you? Really, I mean, feature films will, will likely never die, just like you know, a novel. Yeah. Novels won't die; they may be marginalised more so because of the proliferation of other types of media, and you know, ten-minute, um, you know, easily consumable on a phone uh, series, like they might start calling them mobile series or whatever stuff like that. That's going to have a place, and some people are going to love it, etc. And there'll be this dissipation of, you know, increasing dissipation of modes of filmmaking, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and people will spend twenty three hours a day just consuming. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think I've got to get my one hour sleep now. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's a pill for that now. Yeah, they need that. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think we've got we've got an idea that translates to a, to series or long form sort of half hour perhaps episodes. Mm. Uh, but yeah, just, I don't, I don't just, know anything for ten minutes. Just, no, <laughs> parts of the new culture. We go, hey, we've got to just establish the character. Yeah, <laughs> we've got to get out of here. Yeah. Well, how important is it as well to have both? Because a lot of the people I've talked to have both a feature film script, and then they've also got a series idea. Yeah. Is it important to have both of those things? Do you think? Don't know. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, you're only just beginning, yeah. but yeah, yeah. At the moment, we're supposing so, and um, we're, we're looking at um, being available for either option. Yeah. You know, if a producer said, hey, I like this series idea, and here's some money, we go, cool, we like doing series <laughs> as well. You know, so, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it is kind of weird being at this, really, for me at least, being at this really early stage of, of long form writing. Yeah. To, at this to, really late stage to, in to, life. To know, but, you know, it's. 
It seems like it's a good idea to hedge your bets, basically. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, I'll ask you just a couple more questions, and then um, we'll wrap up because we've been going for a bit. Um, but I'm curious for you guys, um, if people listening to this, if you have any advice about the whole blacklist process, what they might be able to take on board as somebody's gone through it and done well. Well, you want to start? Yeah, well, I, I think um, it was imp- it was important for us to purchase uh, reviews. Re- reviews or ah, evaluations. Get mm-hmm. in early. Um, get in early, get, get the first evaluation, look at the feedback. Um, for us, it was a, a no-brainer. The feedback was great. Uh, they clearly connected with uh, uh, our characters and the story, um, so that it wasn't just kind of a superficial reading. Um, and so we were able to go back, rewrite, upload fresh, and and buy another evaluation. So that was, and, and that was an important process because each time we had a better script, mm-hmm. and the evaluations were were still good. I think um, from reading around some of the forums and things there are people who are saying yeah i got a you know i got a, a seven and a half and i took their advice and rewrote it and then i got a five and a half and things like that um i think there's probably times when you know you're going to get someone who didn't get it and maybe that's because we wrote a bad script maybe it's because they just didn't get it uh or they and you you know, got to be scan able to... through it or whatever it was and that's part of part of filmmaking of... in general but definitely yes. script writing is that you a lot of people have a lot of different opinions and you've just got to be in a place where you know your story and characters well enough to um, take on board what you know is going to work. And, yeah. and Aaron Owen's right. There was the feed the feedback we got from the reviewers. You know, they weren't major um, uh, suggestions, but they're important suggestions in in particular senses. And so, once we made those, um, it just improved our script every time. So I think. You, you know, you've got to see this whole process as not just necessarily, oh, did we get in the top ten of a blacklist, but have I improved this my writing and have I improved my my understanding of my own film and have I improved the end result of my own film and come out with something that's better? And I think that's just gold. You know, you can do that on a mm-hmm. blacklist at any time and I think that's something that more people should do because these people know what they're talking about, you know. And the, and the, the feedback was incredibly measured and, and to me incredibly accurate it was there was nothing in there that really made me go oh you know like um i don't agree with this at all a lot of it's like oh yeah okay well i can see where you're going there there's a little bit of a touch up there i can see what and this is a problem and and you know i'm the sort of person that once someone says that's a problem i go oh yeah wow that is a problem let's fix that on get on the phone talk, talk it through <laughs> and then we'll fix it but, but so, so, it's, so it's early as possible get in as early as possible put it up there and just mm. open yourself up and do as many reviews as you can remember we were trying to do that there's a, yeah. it's not a fast turnaround it's about two or three week turnaround maybe three weeks up to three weeks so you've got to get in get those get those um, get that feedback and improve it and improve it and improve it right till the end I think I think, I think as well the um yeah, the feedback, the feedback that we got, and we went, oh yeah, you know that was a no-brainer. We, we, how did we not see that? You know, that did, did happen a bit, and I think next time we will see those things. That's right. Yeah, uh, so I think right. the ne- the, our next script will come together much more quickly, and it will get a lot better before we uh, submit it the first time. One of the things which I'm noting as well is that 
I feel correctly you're using the term feedback, whereas a lot of people, when they're getting feedback, would hear criticism. Yeah, sure. Mm. How do you adjust that mindset? How do you accept that it's feedback and not, oh, this is not good, you know? Well, I think, I think, I think we, our whole process is about giving each other feedback. So I think we, we kind of, you know, it's just a natural part of mm. what we're doing now is, is you know, John gives me feedback. It might I could see it as criticism, but it's feedback because we we have the same goal. We've both been um, educators for years so, as well. You know, yeah, I've got twenty years twenty years in educating, and you must have around that. Mm. Um, and you can't afford to. And this is one of the things I try you know I try to instill in students all the time is you've got to make something and you've got to put it somewhere where people can see it and give you feedback or give it to people that you trust to offer get feedback from them. Because there's no point just making something and then rejecting everyone else's opinions of it. Because you, you, you're actually trying to create something that other people will like. Mm. And and as you're honing your skills and knowledge on a particular um, craft or field or whatever, you have to get the feedback from people who are more experienced than you to and say, oh, well, you know, uh, I, I need to improve. You need to be ready for the fact that you need to improve. You know, and I think this is one of the things. Is I mean, we've all, we've both been through um, undergrads and honours years, and and then PhDs, and you are critiqued constantly by supervisors. Mm. And a PhD is an absolutely devastating process. I can imagine. It, yeah. Honestly, it's like you are stripped down. I don't know about you. I, time I found, after time, I found you stripped down, and you don't always agree with everything <laughs> your supervisor says, but you learn. To um, to take it on board as objective critique, and that they have done this, they know what they're talking about most of the time. Mm. And every now and again, you've got to if you really feel your heart's gone. No, I think they're not cor- correct in this because they come in and out of your project. And it's just like readers of scripts come in and out of your project, and they might miss stuff or whatever. But there's always something in there that says, "Look, okay, if this person who is experienced isn't getting what I think they're supposed to be getting." then I can work on making this better so they can. Mm. You know, I always think like that. I always think like, if someone's not getting it, mm. yeah, it's not their fault. It's not necessarily their fault. It could be my fault. Yeah. I've got to interrogate that aspect as to whether it is our fault and whether we've got to make it stronger. Okay, they didn't get this thing and we think it's obvious in there. Is it obvious in there? Has anyone else said it? Um, you know, we wanted someone to read it and ask them specifically about that or do we just like beef it up and sort of try and fix that up? So I think, you know, you've got to see it as, as beneficial to you, getting critique. And sometimes people are a bit blunter. And sometimes I'm, I just write stuff quite bluntly because I'm constantly, like, giving you, you got you feedback. got so many wheels. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I can't fluff everything up too much. But you've just got to take it on, on board and go, look, mm. you know, do I, do I take this on board or do I, um, you know, think, all right, I'm going to run with this. And, and the, the danger is, though, I think I've seen this a lot, the danger is in emerging scriptwriters to farm your script out till you get someone who says that's great, and then you think it's great. You know, like that's just that's a it's a it's going to be a rough end to yeah. that scriptwriting career because you know if you've sent it out to three people and two people have said it needs work and one says it's great, then you kind of got to. It's the same with the PhD process, isn't it? Three examiners. If one says it's crap, and the other two say it's great, then then you don't you can kind of ignore the crap comp comments but if two people say it's crap and one person says it's great then you got to work on it you know because you're not hitting the majority of people yeah 
And I think this is a really important thing. Don't farm your script out to people that you know will like it or will not give you the rough feedback. You want people to give you the hard feedback that makes you think at least and interrogate your own work from a different perspective. I think that's really important. I think it is. Uh, I, th- I think for me it's similar to, um, you know, when you show an early edit or even you think it's a fairly advanced edit of your film with an audience and you have these moments where you just go, oh, you know, yes. that doesn't quite work. Yeah, when you're in there with and them. And so when you're in there with yeah. somebody, suddenly these things jump out at you and, and, and you can't do that with a script. You've oh. got to give it to them yeah. and they've got to tell you where those moments yeah, are. yeah, yeah. So, so to me, that's part of the refining process. Mm. And I, I tell my students all the time, you know, you'll start with a rough draft, you'll go in and you'll fix a whole bunch of problems, and then you'll see a whole bunch more problems because you fix the big ones. Now you've got to fix the middle middle sized ones, and then you'll see a whole yeah. bunch more problems. But yeah. you you can't do that with a script yeah. as easily. You know, you no, you kind of uh, you get to a point where you know it's this hundred and twenty page thing, and and you're going well. You know, I think it's I think it's good, but you know, you know the story, you know it all, so you've got to be able to give it to somebody and ask them, yeah. are there any moments in here where it just doesn't sit well? Mm. Are there any things in there that you didn't get? Uh, because those are the same moments that you see on the screen and you don't want to have that feeling. No. When the time comes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I look forward to talking to you both when, you know, Mr Wick is made and talking oh, about that when? process. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Positive. Yeah, yeah, got to, you've got to be positive, and it's a good script, and yeah, you know, it's, it's, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, in that regard, what's the last thing you want people to take away from this? Because uh, obviously, can they read the script anywhere? Is it available online, or is it just a still on blacklist? Yeah, it's still on blacklist, so they can join the blacklist. Is it free to join the blacklist? I can't remember. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So they can go on blacklist and read it. Um, so, so it's not available any, anywhere else at the moment. I don't think so. It's it's sort of in front of a few people still. So yeah, um, the wheels are turning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you want people to? What's the last thing you want people to walk away from this with their mind in mind? If they're scriptwriters, oh, whatever in in general, oh. scriptwriters. Uh, somebody's interested in Mr. Wicks, whatever. Uh. It's a broad, open question. It is. <laughs> I was going to say, don't overstock toilet paper because there's... there's a- <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Because I'm on my way to Coles <laughs> after right. this. Prices are being driven up. Oh, jeez. I'm going, I'm going to Bunnings and getting a butt gun. Yeah. yeah. But, but I think... I, that's what I'd like to share with yeah. my parting... That's my parting note. I think but if I was going to say out. anything um, about script writing and, hey... You know, as I said, that's my first feature script. I do know a reasonable amount about story now. I think um, I would I would just say that they've just got to they've got to keep doing it. They've got to keep they do it over and over and over. You know, like I know that that script we wrote is is not as good as the next script we're going to write. I know that you know we've got work to do in in other things. You know, and it is easier to write something that comes from deep within you in some ways. So um, we're going to have to get better at the research process into ideas that mm. don't come directly from us and we'll put a bit ourselves in there for sure but you just people, I think you know people who want to write have just got to keep writing keep showing it to other people keep getting feedback and just keep doing it I mean you want to do it as a career you just got to keep doing it you got to do it a lot you got to like doing it if you don't like doing it freaking find another job mm. or something or, or direction but yeah I think it's just don't think it's going to come 
easy kick doing it over and over. Yeah. And if Mr. Work gets made, go and see it. Yes. That's right. <laughs> That'd be great. Don't, it's a spirit. Don't pirate it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> don't get me started on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much, both. Mate, thanks, both you guys. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome. great discussion. Um, as always, I learn a lot for, about these kinds of things. And when I'm 50 years old and start to write my own script, I'll be able to go, yeah. <laughs> I learned all of this. It's not far away, so it's okay. But, yeah. So there we are, Owen Beck, John McMullen, or Johnny Mac as he calls himself. This is a really interesting discussion. I enjoyed it and love meeting the two guys. They're, they're fantastic people and I'm really honoured to have had the time to discuss their writing process and their creative process. Uh, I know that there is a bit of pressure on people out there at the moment to be creative. Uh, there is a, the illusion of downtime, but we're all dealing with a bit of stress and stuff like that. Um, so don't feel pressured to be creative. But hopefully from this discussion, you've got the understanding that creativity is not something that happens overnight. It is a long thing. You need to work at it. You need to uh, you know, take your time and be patient and... A script is not going to appear in a week. Uh, a script will appear over time. Sometimes it'll take a year. Sometimes it'll take two years. It's a, it's a slow process at times. Feel okay with being patient and slow and being okay with uh, working on projects that take a little bit of time. Yes, it is great to have something completed, but it's also great to look after yourself mentally and physically too. So do that first and the following creativity will happen slowly maybe but it will happen if it's in your heart and you want it to happen then it will happen anyhow hopefully you enjoy that and hopefully you got a lot out of this particular discussion about the blacklist process and about writing about creativity i certainly did myself uh as i said at the beginning i'll stick a link in the show notes for all of this kind of stuff and the link to the blacklist itself and all the information about what it is Uh, i think it's really fascinating and interesting anyway thank you very much for listening and i hope you're all keeping safe and sound and and looking after yourselves um if you are and you're doing fine then great i I, that's what i want to hear if you're not then don't be afraid to reach out for help uh and support you can always get in contact with me via social media on the curb on both facebook and on twitter and you can also, if you need to, uh, send me an email, contact at thecurb.com.au. Uh, also, I do have another podcast which I've started up with a friend of mine, Dave Giannini, where we're going through all of the best picture winners from the first ones, uh, uh, Sunrise and Wings, all the way through to the latest one. We're doing that once a month, so it's a bit of a slow process, but I figured that if we just do once a month, then it might make it a little bit easier for people to catch the films join in with the discussions with us that's called awards don't matter podcast you can find on the website curb.com.au and you can also check that out just by hitting up your local uh, podcast catcher of choice and just typing the words awards don't matter alternatively you can also head over to the patreon too patreon.com forward slash the curb au for as little as a dollar a month you can join up and get some extra content and exclusive reviews and stuff like that i just put my review of parasite up as well i've got another review which will be exclusively for the patreon subscribers on there as well and you also get early access to some of the uh, podcast interviews and episodes that we do uh, if you go for a higher level 
no pressure. I understand that everybody's doing a bit tough, but just a little bit helps keep the website running. Anyhow, thanks again for listening. I hope you're all keeping safe once again, and I'll see you on the next episode of The Curve. Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply.